How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Oh. You're listening to Thriller the Chase. Couldn't have said it any better myself. You are listening to Thrill of the Chase. It's the Tuesday night edition, and what a show we have in store. Following on the back of one of the great days, or two of the great days of Trackside, Campbell Brown and Cam Luke absolutely lighting it up. The first hour gave us about six winners. The second hour, three or four more. A bit of a lull in the middle and then finished with a bang with a couple of winners late from the Brown Dog. And he didn't even give himself three votes. That's what sort of guy we are dealing with. 0499 736 736 if you want to join in on uh, the fun over the next hour as I'll be, uh, as I'm joined by the great James Vandermart, who joins me as always every Tuesday. Hello, Jimmy. Have I got you there, James? Yes, hello, mate. How are we travelling? It's been a, a pretty wet, miserable day up here in the Yarra Valley. So, yeah, have you got me, mate? Yeah, sorry. You're on a little bit of a delay. My apologies. You got me, John? No, that's fine, mate. Yeah, look, it, it's been a, it's been a pretty cold, uh, miserable type of day to be fair up at Hillsville. For a moment there, there was a little bit of hail as well throughout the day, so it's been cold. I did have a look at the weather forecast, and Sunday's meeting as the Hillsville Festival continues is forecast to have snow. So if you want to see some greyhounds running through the snow, Sunday might be the day that you get to see that. Oh boy! All right. Well, uh, as I said, you're on a slight delay, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear me throughout the show, Horsham. I'm just seeing on the screen here has been abandoned, uh, James. We were supposed to have a race uh, just coming up now, but that's been abandoned. Not sure why, and we'll get some more information on that. But we've got Geelong race eight coming up in about mm. seven minutes. We've got plenty of stuff to discuss. And I think you've got a guest on the show as well, Sean Lithgow. Is he going to join us tonight? Yes. Don't think, believe, Johnny. We've got uh, the NCA National Coursing Association Secretary, Sean Lithgow, on the show. He he said about half past five, a tick after half past five would probably best suit him. And I thought we'd better slide into his busy schedule just just nicely. But we're going to chat all things coursing and, and a couple of big events have been already ran and won. The Oaks and also the Derby a couple of weeks ago. And one of the the real time-honoured races when it comes to coursing. The Sylvester Doyle Puppy Championship is underway. It's run over two weeks. We had the, the first round on Sunday, and they continue and go to the finals on Sunday. So looking forward to a, a bit of a coursing update. And obviously, uh, we don't get to see that on, on the racing network, so it can be a little bit hard to follow. So I think it's good to, to touch base with Shawnee, especially through this time of year when coursing's hitting its peak and there's some good races the waterloo cup's about fifteen thousand. the sylvester doyle i speak of the puppy championship so i think three or four thousand to the winner as well so there's good prize money on offer good coursing and and i'm looking forward to, to seeing what uh, what plays out this sunday and just quickly on that that horsham meeting i haven't had a great deal of a look through the races there today but you'd have to think it's probably weather related based with uh, with what's happening throughout the rest of victoria yeah, it's been a, uh, a shocking day outside. It's been monsoonal. Uh, it's been everything you can describe. It's been horrible. So um, I'd imagine that, uh, that that's been playing a part at Horsham as well. We saw the Ballarat horse races today, and they looked uh, wet and windy and cold. So I would imagine they? Horsham would be uh, following suit. All right, hey, let's... 
get straight yeah. into it, James, because uh, we do have a special guest a bit later on, as we said, Sean Lithgow. So we don't want to keep him waiting, but uh, we've got a little bit to talk about off the top. The Hillsville card today, what did you make of it? Uh, what did we uh, What did we see? Anything uh, out of the ordinary? Uh, tell us what you thought about Hillsville. Yeah, look, it was it was a good day of racing. As I said, it was just the the weather that that was probably a little bit of a letdown. And one thing I just wanted to touch on too on that Ballarat racing today at the, the Thoroughbreds, it's pretty rare when you can tell it's a bad day when they're racing on the synthetic. But you could just tell by watching the races, it, it looked like an ordinary day. And normally the the synthetic race track sort of hides that a little bit. And you're not too sure, but it, it was very very ordinary out there today. And I can only imagine how cold it was down at Ballarat. It's it's cold, I think, in the middle of summer as well. But no, look, straight racing today. I, I love my straight racing. I think everybody knows that. Uh, first race, the punters nailed this one. There was really good support for number seven, Hoppy Bob. Prepared by Chris Tilly. Chris is a great uh, trainer out of sale. Uh, he had Midnight Monarch, who took him to a couple of country cups last year. Unfortunately, he's, uh, he's sustained an injury, and he's sitting out at the moment on the comeback trail now, I hear. He's actually going to stand at stud as well, Midnight Monarch, who I rated as one of the, the great straight dogs of all time, one of the greatest in the world. And uh, Hoppy Bob for Chris Tilly took out the first race, got the job done in 1977. Race two went to Raw Finesse. Interesting race, this, because the one and the four, who were probably the best two-bat runners in the race, they, they led the race out, but then they just got into a little bit of a bumping duel at about the 100-150 metre mark after the start. And as it turned out, Raw Finesse and Arcus, they just stormed over the top from out wide. And at the end, Raw Finesse, she only weighs in at 22.9 kilograms. So that is just about as small as you'll see them going around. And I just had a look through the uh, the runners in this race, and I reckon it was one of the the races, probably the, the race that I've seen with the, the smallest greyhounds involved. Um, the winner was only 22.9 kilos. Second was 33.4, which is probably about the average weight. Um, Elusive Cal ran third at 23.8, and, and Diva's Secret was last of the four at 24.3. And I'd say, look, on average, John, the, the females normally race at about 28.5, and the male dog's around 32, 33 kilos. So to have three greyhounds in a field of four, um, under 24.3 kilos. I think that's pretty extraordinary. It was a, a battle of the small dogs, race number two. Absolutely it was. I think race one was one of um, was one of Mitch Abaya's best bets. I saw on Twitter that he put it up. Yes, he, wanted, he said yes. Hoppy Bob into, uh, into another one that came second or third later in the day. I think it was Knuckles, Brazen Knuckles or something like that. So um, that didn't obviously yeah, win. Knuckle Buster. Knuckle yeah, Knucklebuster. Yeah, you're spot on. That's the one. So he, he said to multi those up, but... Obviously, uh, Knucklebuster wasn't able to get the job done in the end, but Hoppy Bob with a very nice victory. What else did you take out of yeah. the card at Hillsville? Well, Knucklebuster punched a hole in those that were playing the multis, <laughs> uh, didn't he? It, uh, it didn't work out for uh, for Mitchie's multi. But, no, look, finished up fourth, Knucklebuster, but didn't have the greatest deal of luck in the run. Race number three went to Illumination. This was a good win. First uh, run for this greyhound. Sat up on the outside of the well-back favourite, Dead of Light, and just finished too well. Hard to do on a wet track out wide. Talk about a, a form reversal. Race five was won by Jimmy Maker. Now, a couple of weeks ago, this greyhound had, had been with a few different trainers, had, had, had barely fired a shot. His form was terrible, let's be honest. Uh, Anthony Lamarca decided to train this greyhound, and I believe he got him as a giveaway, so free to good home. 
uh, picked up this Greyhound, and he's now had three starts for three wins. So it's just an incredible turnaround of form. He powered to the line, which is what he's been doing week in, week out up there. Too good for Nitro Girl, winning race number five. Uh, and as we progress through the meeting, race six was won by Patricia Maureen. Bit of a punter's paradise out there today. Only went 19.92, but the money was huge. Three Bears took out race seven for Angela Galea. He'd been knocking on the door of a win, so a nice, strong effort. Not sure if you caught the results uh, from the other day, John, but there was a race abandoned on uh, Sunday, and that was due to two ducks that flew onto the track at the 150 metres and took oh. the attention of the two leading greyhounds, and, and therefore they had to call it a no race on Sunday. Oh, no, I did not see that, but that is fantastic. I've not heard of that before. <laughs> No, it was pretty rare, but the winner of that race on Sunday was a greyhound by the name of Courland. Uh, he was the first one across the line when I say the winner, but obviously with that impact at, at halfway and two of the greyhounds effectively lost their attention for a stride or two before continuing on, uh, it left Courland the winner of a no race. So no prize money, no payout, no nothing, but he bounced back with a win today just two days later. He was a ten favourite. He won by three quarters of a length. He got the job done, and I think that was uh, a well-deserved victory if there was ever the term of a, of a well-deserved victory after getting it taken off him because of two astray ducks on Sunday afternoon at oh, Hillsville. absolutely. Hey, before we get back to Hillsville, Geelong, race number eight, what are you thinking here? Yeah, look, I'm leaning to the red in this, uh, Mount View Emma. I think she can use the draw. Her form's good of late. She went 21.89 at Shepparton, 22.30 around Warnable. Placed at Shepparton in good time behind Cracker Jack Dirt. Look, I think the eight's an obvious danger, a bit of a class drop, but he's just been really hard to catch of late, Betts Blues. At his best, he'd absolutely smash this field, but I think he's a little bit off his best. So let's hope the red can get the lead and get the win, but I do think the eight's a big danger, and I think the small field's going to suit Betts Blues. But we'll go the one on the each-way basis, Mount View Emma. All right, heading to the boxes now. James Vandermart, John Donahoe with you. It's Tuesday night. Thrill of the chase, and as I said, it has not been a pleasant day outside. The rain has set in, and uh, it's actually not a bad time to be in lockdown because this is not weather you would want to be out um, walking around in James. But uh, anyway, hopefully the lockdown yeah, only gets extended I, it's by funny, one week. It's funny, you s- yeah, it's funny you say that, John, because right now here I am in the Yarra Valley, and, and it was horrific about an hour ago. It was hailing, and, and now it's cleared, and it's actually a really nice afternoon. It's come from nowhere. It's still uh, bitterly cold, but uh, it has changed a little bit. So let's hope there's some sunshine tomorrow, but I doubt it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was going to be, I think tomorrow on my screens here, it's going to be not as much rain, but it's going to be 13 degrees. So it's going to be cold, wet, and windy once again. Toasty. Yes. Let's get to Geelong. <laughs> Mount Viewer number one is James Vandermart's on top selection. Green light is on and they're right to go. They're set. They're racing away quickly. Mount View Emma off the inside. Match by Tinker. Cindy, who drives up the front. And Betts Blues getting into it strongly. Mount View Emma drop back to third now, followed by Cracker Jack Nev. And Indigo Indy down the side they come. And Betts Blues shoots away in the front over Tinker Cindy. Then Mount View Emma, Cracker Jack Nev. And uh, back at the uh, tail, Indigo Indy in the stretches. Betts Blues the front runner. Tinker Cindy picking it up late, but Betts Blues will take it out. Wins over probably Tinker Cindy. But Mount A little Emma, homage to uh, Eddie Betts, Betts Blues there, uh, $2 and uh, $1.70. So the eight gets it over the one and the two who fought it out for second and third. 
Yeah, it's, it was unusual, that race, because um, I thought the red would lead and, and probably be run down by the pink, if anything, if that was the way we were going to go down. But as it actually transpired, the eight was able to get around once Tinker Cindy had crossed and, and put pay to the red early. And you would have thought Betts Blues, from where he was leaving the back straight, he was going to win that by six or eight lengths, if he was anywhere near his best. But as it turned out, he came back to them. He still won, but I, I get the feeling we just a little bit unlucky there with the red, because... She was doing her best work at the end, and I, I expected her to lead and, and lead them clearly from the inside. So that was the, the definition, I think, of an upside-down upside race there, John. The form probably turned a little bit back to front in that one. Absolutely. 0499 736 736. Uh, people saying we need some tips, Jimmy. So hopefully he's got some best bets for us tonight, uh, JVDM. But is there anything you want to add at Heelsville before we head to a break and we can get... To our special guest. Yeah, we're going to put uh, Shawnee on the phone, I think, about uh, 5.35. So right. I did okay. send you that rundown, Johnny, and right. I have I have just sort of moved it around, shuffled it without really letting you know. But no, just okay. uh, just quickly, mate, toward the end race, nine at Hillsville, Monty Court got the job done there. Thought uh, Dusty Knight was almost the winner at the 100-metre mark at about 13-1, to 1, was able to slice clear and... And then Monty Court picked up late to bring up a double for Cameron Taylor. Race 10 was won by Crispy Duck. Now, I'm surprised Mitch Abaya wasn't out there promoting this one this morning because this is owned by uh, Tony Abaya, which is Mitch's dad. So I thought there might have been a little bit of a tip around for the Crispy Duck, especially what happened on Sunday with a few ducks causing havoc at Hillsville. Thought this one might have been the omen tip of the day. And look, he was really impressive, to be fair. And, and race 11 was won by Bearing Gold. Now, I think this was the best bet of the day because of the way he was drawn. Had box number two, wide runner in three, got all of the space uh, that he required, shot through, won the race. But he was about $4 into $1.60 on the tote. I think he closed about two sixty on the fixed odds, which was still gettable, but um, there was a lot more value earlier in the day. But he, he just looked as if he was going to get the gun run. He got the gun, gun run and and got the job done as well. Absolutely. 0499 736 736. Hey, you know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, and I'm, I haven't looked at the mm-hmm. market just yet, but you and I are great advocates of, uh, of the great candy man in Greg Sugars and Melton. Race number one is coming up in about nine minutes. Let's just have a look if he's on board anything. He's not riding in the first, no, which is come annoying. come on. Who, which is very annoying. What do we do in that in that instance? Do we do we jump on somebody well, else? Because he's, he's on nothing in the second either. I think I think you and I had this conversation that we needed to we needed to have a second or third favourite driver in the harness world, just so just in the event that our man is just having a quick break, a little break, and not racing. I think we need to have a backup, but there is a. This is a dollar forty-five favorite, Harry, who James yeah. Herbertson on board. So I'd probably stay out of this one. It's anyway, good name, yeah, I, I, <laughs> that is true. Maybe we can jump on the James Herbertson bandwagon, but I'd probably I stay think out. So anyway. yeah, for, for this one, <laughs> for this one, we might jump on it. But no, look, one one guy or one name that I like, and and I'm a big fan of of good names in racing. And um, there's there's one greyhound trainer, and I reckon he's got the best name going around. It's Kurt. Berger Trudget. That's his, that's his full name, Kurt Berger Trudget. It's a, it's a ripping name, and I love when he trains a winner. Um, the other one is Jack Law, is yes. his name. But um, when you when you have a look at it in the harness, it just looks like Jack Laffer. Jack, Jack Laffer, For some yes. reason, <laughs> I really enjoy that name, and, and I love when it flashes up with a win, even if I haven't had a little play each way. So I had a look, and I don't think he's uh, he's made the journey down to Melton. But maybe maybe we take the odds on he, the Herbertson runner here in the, the first, although it has got out. It's 140 out to 150, which is a little bit of a, a concern. And there's massive money for number eight. 
Um, Dabby Minga has only won one race from 15 attempts, but it's been 23 into seven. So that, and you look at its form, it's been beaten 17 metres, 46 metres, 23 metres, 15 metres. And in these last four runs, John, it's been 140 to one, Mm. 107 to one, 153 and then 58. Today they've gone 23 into seven. So I'm not yeah. sure why, but you'd, you'd have to you'd have to take a really good look at that, and maybe maybe it might be worth jumping on now to number eight in that uh, first there at Melton. That that's a substantial move for a horse with no form. Now we always promote, and and we are big advocates of gambling responsibly. But this would be a race that I would, uh, if if the fu- uh, feature was available, probably a little same race multi where you would put uh, the mm. the nine on top. And then you might throw in a little bit of value for the top four, maybe Dabby Minger or one of them as well. So um, it's not available, unfortunately, on the corporates. But uh, I tell you what, the hey, let's 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 just go this Dabby Minger. That's that's a pretty right. cool name. I don't Done. know what it means, but Done. it sounds all right. It's been Each smashed. Way? Let's get on that one. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why, why not? We'll play it on the tote because sometimes when you see them like this, twenty-three into seven, they probably they're probably genuinely a twenty-three into ten. The market follows, firms it to seven, and then a lot of the time they will roll back out at the last moment. So it's probably worth just having a little play on the on the tote, and let's let's try and get the odds on he rolled late. Yeah, love it, love it, James. We're off and running. We're going to uh, cheer that home in a moment. That's about six minutes away. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get more tips. We've got Geelong race number nine in 11 minutes and we'll speak to our special guest after 5.30 because Jimmy Vandermart, he just knows how to he knows how to operate a good radio show, keep them wanting more. So Jimmy Vandermart uh, will uh, <laughs> conduct that interview with Sean Lithgow, uh, the NCA secretary, secretary very, very soon. Don't go anywhere. This is Tuesday night's edition of Thrill of the Chase. Don't forget to download the Watchdog app, open a Black Book account, and never miss your favourite greyhounds racing again. Back shortly. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Nice to have your company. Tuesday night edition of Thrill of the Chase. John Donahoe with you. On this wet and windy night, if you are in Victoria in a hard lockdown, well, it's a nice night to be inside for sure. But as James Vandermart said, it uh, has brightened up down his neck of the woods there as well. So maybe it's a nice night just to look out the window, uh, <laughs> if nothing else. 0499 736 736. We're going to talk to Sean Lithgow after the 5.30 news. But James, you wanted to touch on uh, on a few things that... On a new thing that is happening on the Watchdog website. Yeah, look, I thought we should touch on this because uh, if you download the Watchdog app, which I think majority of the punters well, now have, to, to have well and truly got, yeah, yeah, there, there was a new little article that came out came out that was called um, "Runs of the Fortnight," and it's uh, form expert Dale Code picking out selection of runners from Victoria who have caught the eye over the past fortnight. And I thought we could use this go back listen to the races, have a chat about the Greyhounds and, and where they might potentially end up racing at their best, as well as the comment that uh, the Watchdog and Dale have come up with. And first, we've got Malaya Bale, who returned to the track with a with a booming finish here at Ballarat back on the 7th of July. And this is, this is how she returned to the winner's list from box number six. Set. 
Uh, racing, Rylan Bale burnt away, went straight to the lead over Brave Bale, the inside. Next, Quintana Bale, Sorella Bale up on the outside, then Flying Fifi, a couple off Malayo Bale, and Abeliro Bale back at the rear, down the side they go, Bra uh, Brave Bale went through to the front, Rylan Bale needs to dig in here, they bump fractionally, Quintana Bale staying on, uh, behind them is uh, Malaya Bale, the leader now, Brave Bale just in front, Flying Malaya Bale. Oh, I'll tell you what, James, I'm just watching Bale this for the first time, and that's one of the great runs mm. that I have ever seen after after missing the start, then being pushed wide around the turn, it absolutely flew home. That's a great run from Malaya Bale. Yeah, it was really well spotted, and that's why I really like this um, this new segment that we're almost running with uh, with the watchdog doing the the research with Dale Code and this this runner here, Malaya Bale. Look, last year she ran second in a heat of the Group One Hume Cup, leading up to the uh, the Bold Trees, and that was the race I thought she'd go for. Unfortunately, she fell in the Group 1 final back on the 2nd of, uh, of November and she did sustain an injury. So she's had some you know, decent time on the sidelines around seven months and I think she could end up being a group class stayer, this dog Malaya Bale. That, that's how strong she finishes. She then went on last Wednesday night to run third behind Quintana Bale. Obviously, this was, was almost two weeks ago. We, we, we saw her storm home to win and she's racing at the Meadows tomorrow. So she's worth having a look at tomorrow. Drawn box five. Whether or not she's a betting proposition, we'll just have to wait and see because I think she's one to keep an eye on when she gets back up to 600, 650 you're really going to see the best of her tomorrow she's against Fernando Bluey and, and Aston Gwen, Webleck Whirl, it's a tough race so uh, the one thing you'd say if you black book her, watch her go around tomorrow she should hit the line and, and when she gets up to a little bit more distance that's when you're going to see the best of Malaya Bale she, she could even be a dog, we're, we're still a long way away but even from this year she, she could come out and go well in a race like the Bold Trees or even the Sale Cup later in, in the year Love that. What about, uh, tell us about Fernando Boy. Yeah, Ferdinand Boy. This is oh, the, uh, this is the Greyhound. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, look, he, he, was, he was breathtaking. And, and the reason we're listening back to, to Ferdinand Boy and the reason Dale picked this Greyhound out as, as one of the runs of the fortnight was because he, he broke the track record running down Fernando Bluey, who was a, a runners-up in the Australian Cup. And, and this is how he broke the, the Shepparton track record last, uh, a tick over a week ago, back on the 5th of July. Jacket is favourite. Locked and loaded here, 385, a mixed grade four and five. What a field. All set, and they're away. First out, Fernando Bluey strikes the front. Ferdinand Boy the outside, and Papi go fast. So the big three are one, two, three. They've raced clear over sunny days, and the others have been shunted out the back there. Uh, towards the end, we had to market legend Katie Penny and Royal Gossip match in two. It's Fernando Bluey and also Ferdinand Boy down the straight. Ferdinand Boy has hit the front and beats Fernando Bluey. Nice run there. Hey, you know why I thought it was Fernando Boy? I was reading underneath Ferdinand Boy. Uh, and it was obviously breeding of, as part of Fernando Bale. So um, I tell you, yeah. <laughs> that's why. Hey, James, you will not and believe this. The eight is about to win in Melton on in race one. It's just coming down the straight what, now. What, Dominga? It's another sniff. It's Darby Minga. Harry Hearn oh. trying to come back. Darby <laughs> Minga's in front, though. Darby Minga has won. Oh, I tell you what. Wait, I'm just trying to choose the song. Hear the song. At 8.40 as well. Maybe Christopher Shin is our new favourite. <laughs> I tell you, mate, our, our harness form lately has been <laughs> dynamic. It's been red hot. Uh, red, yes. red hot. Yes, it certainly has. I spend enough time with Jason Bonington. Uh, and, and, you know, ever, ever so often it just sticks in your mind something. And not that I had heard of that uh, that trotter before, but I'm just trying to justify why, uh, why you and I picked that. But anyway, what a win.
That yeah, look, I, I just think that that market support, like like what we said, the horse had been 150 to 1 most of its starts, and then all of a sudden they've jumped onto it. So the, the smart money was for Derby Minger, and the smarter money was if we, we played the tote, like I said, because oh. it was into $7 and $1.50. You played the tote, you got eight forty and two thirty, so that's extra money in the bank and has run down the, the danger, Harry Who, for, for our man James Herbertson. So <laughs> a nice a nice little result there and, and getting the job done. Gee, that, that's a good winner. That's a nice way to start the show, that isn't is it? a fantastic winner. And you know what would, uh, would even just top that off? is if you tipped us a winner at Geelong in race number nine. I reckon we're going to go two from two. Fairly fairly simple, uh, this one, hopefully. I think the eight's a good chance. Assume Keeley was a little bit unlucky last start, does show really good speed, and, and also number six has got some good form, Blazing Penny. So I, I'd be surprised if, if one of those two aren't right up in the firing line. I know you can potentially back them both and still cut a profit, so I'm not too sure which way of the two I would go, but... Look, you'd almost go with Assume Keeley because it's her second run back on the circle and, and to only have it been beaten two lengths last time behind Gleaming. She did cop a little bit of trouble when she got going as well. So let's let's go with the eight Assume Keeley. She's about a 5 or $6 chance and, and probably hope that she's got the speed to cross and lead. And, and Blazing Penny's a danger because that 22.08 win at Warnable, that's as quick as anyone would go here. So we'll go with the eight and on the back of this race, we'll head to the news as well. We certainly will. I'm looking forward to seeing this and seeing how James Vandermark just reels us back in with a little bit of money. I love it, Jimmy V. All right, we're going to head out there very, very shortly. 0499 736 736. If you'd like to have a play here at uh, Geelong, Matty, seven. He's with seven at Geelong. I think that one uh, came in. Yeah, that one just came in at 25 past. So Matty's with the seven with a bit of value there. Let's head to Geelong now, and number eight is the tip from James Vandermark. Coming along. Hammer almost set now. Race number nine. Green light is on. Lewis swings. So the right to go, all set. Racing now away quickly is Broken Boots going straight to the front. Blazing Penny dwelt a fraction, but zoomed between them and went to the front now. Blazing Penny, Ashum Keeley in second, followed by Riverdale Ella, then Tinker Gypsy, Wellbag Zipping Chuck, followed by Broken Boots, Blackpool Coco and Caribbean Queen in the stretch. Blazing Penny well clear on the arm, goes back to back, a brilliant winner. Blazing Penny easily second, Tinker Gypsy close third, Ashum Keeley or Riverdale Ella. Oh, we just pulled the wrong rein slightly there, James, but that's it's okay. Blazing Penny, six, yeah. gets the job done from the seven. And did the eight get to third? It might have. So four and eight will fight it out for third. Not a bad tip still, James. We're very happy, very happy that uh, you're throwing those out there. But it still ran home pretty well. Six, seven, and we'll go to the news. We might go to the news and we'll come back and confirm what came third. But, Jimmy, uh, any comment on that race? Yeah, look, Blazing Penny, it was clearly a danger if it got a clear run and, and, and was the runner that you'd expect to win the race. We're hoping the Pinks ran third just to give us something on the each way. It, it has, has. Yeah. yeah. So not a bad result, mate. First and third from our top two selections there. We'll take that any day of the week. Very nicely done. James Vandermart, seeing him pretty well tonight. We've got a couple more races to come, but... After this, we are going to talk to... Have we spoken to Sean Lithgow before on this program? I'm fairly yeah, sure we, we have. We, we have. We have. He's a, he's a, he's a well-known man on, on the radio oh, yes. airwaves of SEN tracks, so we'll get him on again. Absolutely, and we'll uh, hear from him on the other side of the news headlines. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. 
Yeah, welcome back. Nice little uh, hour we are having, and we're only a half an hour in, James. So uh, we've got a little bit of time to go. We got. I'm not sure we should get to the next at Geelong. I would imagine in about 14 minutes' time. So we might just be able to give a tip for that anyway, uh, if nothing else. So four double nine seven three six seven three six. If you want to weigh in on anything that's going on in the world of greyhound racing. There's the great BP in the studio next to me. He's just doing his best goal umpiring impersonation. So <laughs> you'll hear Brett Phillips on SEN uh, a little bit later on doing the uh, doing the sporting capital, the old tennis master that is Brett Phillips. All right, what's coming up next? James, we are trying to get a hold of Sean Lithgow. He did not answer my phone call, which uh, we thought was going to happen. We'll just keep trying. Anything you want to add while I try and get on to Sean again? Anything you want to discuss that we haven't uh, we haven't thrown out there? Oh, we might have lost. Uh, we might have lost James Vandermart there momentarily, which uh, which doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, there's there's so much we can talk about. I mean, look at the maturity heats on on Saturday night. We probably should chat about those as well. Handsome Rhino, Aston Fastnet, two of the fastest qualifiers. And to put that in perspective, they went twenty nine eighty five. I had a runner involved in uh, in one of the heats. We didn't have much luck in, but being out there, being on the track, I can tell you now, it wasn't the fastest of tracks either. So to to be running those kind of times on that track, handsome Rhino Aston Fastnet, absolutely supreme. And to put that in perspective, Quara Bale led all of the way. She's a, a dual group winner, a group one winner, um, and, and she only went twenty nine and twenty. So I think that point, uh, sorry, thirty and twenty. So that that gives you a, a good perspective just how well both handsome Rhino and Aston Fastnet went. Kablenz is the first reserve number nine, and look, if he was to get a run in the race he could really shake it up as well so we'll chat a little bit more about that maturity series on thursday as we count down to that this saturday night yes absolutely we just lost you briefly there for a minute james but we've got you back now and uh we got uh, most of that let's welcome in our special guest at the moment we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago the nca secretary sean lithgow sean welcome to thrill of, welcome back to thrill of the chase i should say thanks for joining us Oh, we got you, Sean. Got you there? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Apologies. Sorry. Welcome back to SEN Track. Thank you you again for jumping on the line. No worries. Seanie, we've got a couple of little tech issues, mate, but we're ruling them out. But uh, talking about no tech issues, that would be the NCA, National Coursing Association. You're the secretary. And I think it's fair to say since uh, yourself and Mel have been the secretary team of the NCA, it's been absolutely flying. And and this year, we're probably about halfway through the coursing year and there's been some wonderful racing already. Sure has. Yep, yep. We're halfway through the uh, puppy championships as we speak. We had the first round on Sunday and we saw some really, really fast young dogs go around. Um, and then we also had the Ray Boundy uh, Memorial the first half of that. Um, and we saw some really fast, experienced dogs go around. So, you know, it was a, it was a really, it was a real eye-opener on Sunday to see the quality going around in the Ray Boundy. We saw dogs like Lolina, uh, Dream Wizard, um, Nankari, Custom Roof, American Missile, some real speedsters going around on, on Sunday. And um, the young dogs really showed up as well. So... That was really exciting. Yeah, the nominations have been have been really strong. But just before we get to that, 
For, for those who are tuning in for the first time and have no idea what coursing actually is, can you can you just describe briefly what coursing racing actually is? Yeah, so it's basically two dogs competing in up a straight track. Um, so one-on-one, uh, the inside dog will wear the red collar and the outside dog will wear the white collar. Um, and they're basically, it's a, it's a knockout system. So eight dogs are in a, an event. Um, and if your dog wins, if, say, say the red dog wins, that goes through to the next round um, and you get to compete again. So you need to complete to, to win three courses across the day um, to win the event. And, um, yeah, so it's basically uh, bump, well, it's very little interference, obviously, with only two dogs in the field and good confidence boost for a lot of dogs that might have, you know, had a, had a, got knocked around in, a, in an eight-dog race previously, so... And, and moving forward this year, the nominations, as I just spoke of a moment ago, for, for the Sunday meeting for the uh, the Puppy Championship and, and co, that they were so strong. And, and, and being a secretary of the NCA, you must be thrilled with, with just how many people are now supporting the coursing racing game. Absolutely. Yeah, look, we had um, 59 puppies for the Puppy Championships. So that was probably the most we've had in quite some time. Uh, we had more than 16 nominations for the Ray Boundy, where you sort of pick the best best 16, get a run. Um, and then the Gitsland Cup had something like 53 nominations for a 32-dog field. So, yeah, nominations were absolutely incredible last week. And obviously COVID's, you know, it's disappointing we couldn't get a crowd there. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think, um, yeah, we're going from strength to strength this year. And we've had one week where we're a little bit disappointed nominations, but obviously that was during a lockdown. So, that, that you know, that some people are nervous about travelling long distances during a lockdown and um, that's understandable but you know, apart from that one week we've had some really strong nominations and huge support from the Greyhound participants It's really good and, and for those who I guess are a little bit unsure and, and would love to one day get to a coursing event and don't really know a lot about it obviously right now in COVID it, there's no crowds but when crowds return, how, how can people plan a day to go to the coursing? Yeah, look, basically, um, it's you know, it, there's no entry fee or anything like that. We just want people to come along and, and enjoy the show. And um, look, we, we, I think we'll make a big promotion of the long of uh, the Waterloo Cup up at um, Longwood, which will be the 15th and the 22nd of August. So that'll be a really good weekend, if or well, really good Sundays to come down if you can. Um, see the top line has gone around. Um, basically, all the dogs will have their first course uh, in the morning. We'll have a lunch break. You know, everyone sits around, has a, has a feed and a bit of a chat, and then we have the afternoon session and afternoon tea. So there's plenty of food involved, which is always a bit of a bit of a good thing for you, James, <laughs> isn't it? We, we we both enjoy our food, and um, uh, <laughs> yes, we then uh, yeah, you, you, you're yeah. all over it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, Longwood has a has fantastic food. There's plenty of drinks available, and and plenty of entertainment for the kids as well. They can run around the ovals and have a kick of the footy, and get to get to cuddle some dogs and, and all sorts of things. So it's, it's a real good day out for people, and, yeah. and we'll be promoting it pretty hard come Waterloo Cup time. Hopefully, we're out of lockdown and coursing, by then. Considering it's yeah, that's right. <laughs> considering coursing is you know it's not telecast, and you can see the Waterloo Cup, however. Uh, through GRV, it's normally streamed. But 
to, to think of the prize money that's available for, for participants to go to coursing, it, it's, it's incredible, really. I mean, the Waterloo Cup itself is almost around $15,000, I think, in prize money. We've had the Derby and the Oaks recently, uh, the, the Puppy Championship that we speak of with uh, that, you know, running at the moment. There's, there's great prize money on offer uh, for these participants who are willing to go coursing. Absolutely, yeah. No, the prize money has just got. We've actually just got a prize money increase, which has been nice. So, a standard event, just if, even if you win a maiden now, is worth thousand dollars. So, yeah, that's good money for, for for the babies and they're learning and they're, they're learning about racing and that sort of thing. And it's a good chance to pick up a thousand bucks as well. So, you know, it's fantastic for the young dogs. And, and um, of course, as you say, the Waterloo Cup, which we're looking at having an all-in market for the first time this year. Um, so we're hoping that Tab will get on board with us and um, we're looking at having an all-in market and we've been televising the finals of a lot of coursing events live on the NCA Facebook page. Um, so we'll see what we can do. Yep. We'll, we'll have a chat with GRV about some live coverage, hopefully, of Waterloo Cup Day and we're hoping to have um, Tab on board for some uh, all-in markets for the Waterloo Cup this year as well. So... Uh, we're trying a few things and, and hopefully we can get a few more supporters on board and get a few more people interested. It's exciting. It's definitely progressing. There's no doubt about that. And, and just before we let you go, Shawnee, what is it that you love so much about coursing? What is, what is the thing that you just absolutely adore about the uh, the version of racing that we call coursing? Oh, it'd be the relaxed atmosphere. Everyone sort of, it, you know, the, a little bit of hustle and bustle with uh, circle track racing and you know, every it's a you know with eight dogs in a field, stewards have got to be on top of you, and and the, and the starters have got to be ready, and you know everyone's you know got to make sure everything runs to plan, and obviously we've got to you know on the circle track you've got to make sure you fit into your sky racing slots as well. So you know it's a bit very a very rigid structure, whereas coursing it's very relaxed, everyone's laid back, um, you know people's kids are handling dogs, you know not with you know you might have a 13 or 14 year old getting chance to handle a dog and you know it's very relaxed everyone has a chat and everyone supports each other quite well so I like that fact and and also the confidence it gives young dogs Um, they get to learn about Mm. racing one-on-one and um, you know I I can honestly say that our dogs have improved lengths from going coursing and we've got a pretty good litter going around at the moment which um, learning the ropes through coursing and we'll, we'll start them around the circle come September so is, it is fabulous yeah. the the education side of coursing. It really is. It really is so important for so many young trainers, Shawnee. Absolutely, yeah. No, and I, I couldn't I couldn't think of a better way for young dogs to start their careers than you know through coursing and a bit of one on one racing, which hopefully gives them a lot more confidence when it comes time for the eight dog fields. Well, it's been a great tra- chat, Shawnee. We're going to let you go, mate. Uh, looking forward to the uh, the feature on Sunday, and then obviously we'll, we'll get you back on in the lead-up to the Waterloo Cup. And it's great to hear that coursing is, is definitely moving in the right direction as well. Awesome. Thanks, James. Sean Lithgow joining us. We appreciate him giving up his time once again. A nice chat there with James Vandermate. You'll be able to hear that back on the podcast, Thrill of the Chase, wherever you find your podcast. We'll put that up very, very soon. Jimmy, we're going to get to our final break. We're going to wrap things up. We're going to get some bets, best bets off you and uh, finalise anything we need to uh, discuss before we head out and maybe get a tip at Geelong in about six minutes. Don't forget, download the Watchdog app, open a Black Book account and miss, never miss your favourite Greyhounds racing again. Jimmy, we'll be back on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Nice to have your company on Thrill of the Chase. As I said, if you uh, missed out on our chat with Sean Lithgow, we will podcast that very, very shortly. I'll do that once I'm uh, off air here and James Vandermart will be able to hear the uh, the dulcet tones of James and Sean very, very shortly and we'll put the whole show up as well. Just make sure you jump on and uh, subscribe to the thrill of the chase and you will uh, get a notification every single time you want to listen to the program. So, Jimmy, we've got Geelong in two minutes. You want to give a quick tip for that just in case we do miss it and then you want to finish off uh, our discussion from before. Yeah. It's no good tipping a loser, so we'll tip the odds on favourite. It's about a dollar twenty. Pass it on. It won't be a music playing winner, but I think it'll be a winner. So number number seven to win it. Pass it on. If you're playing a same race multi, which I know Johnny, you're pretty keen on most of the time, <laughs> uh, we'll go with the seven. Pass it on to win number one. Vertigo Bond to run in the top three. That'll get you even money. So if that happens, I want to hear some music, and yes. I'm pretty confident we will get some music. So that's uh, seven to win, number one to run in the top three. Same race, Moldy, looking at about even money. I think that's a, a pretty generous price there. So that's the, see, that's why you know we, we like to get a little bit more value, do the same race multi, because we like to play music on this station, as you know. That's, that's right. That's why you know we've got it at $2. If you uh, jump on now, you can get a same racer of seven to win, and the one to finish top three. All right, you wanted to finish off very quickly, James, with uh, with our discussion from the Watchdog uh, website that we were discussing before. Yeah. Just uh, wanted to quickly mention, too, the runs of the fortnight. The other two runs was uh, one from Quara Bale uh, winning at Sandown on the 8th of July. Look, she's just a wonderful greyhound. Obviously, she went on to win a, a heat of the maturity. She's a serious greyhound to follow. Uh, the other one was Visualizer, who won on the 12th of July, and I think he almost, he also won again last night. So it just shows you that the strength of, of Dale Code picking these runners out. And, and since the article was was effectively released, all these runs have been picked out. The Greyhounds' forms have all been very, very good. So they're worth following. Um, tonight, there's a couple of winners, I think, to be had down at Warrigal. They're all pretty short, so it's not going to be a, a huge punting night down at, uh, down at Warrigal. But I think Security Man's going to win uh, right number two it was for memory um, race two number four should be winning at the short price it's a dollar 30 I think race one number eight will be winning big Fonzie at a dollar 55 so again they're not music playing winners but hopefully they're winners power of buddy's gonna romp in race six I'm pretty sure he's about a dollar and 30 uh, the other one I didn't mind was Blackpool flash I think he can he can get the job done in race five and, and outclass the unbeaten power of Janie who's had six starts for six wins and we are getting about two dollars 25 on on that runner, Blackpool Flash, and, and I really like race nine, number six. About even money made me blind. Just flew at Hillsville last time, and I think if, if she can reproduce that, well, she's going to be hard to beat anywhere. So there's plenty of bets I think we can have. Not a great deal of value, but hopefully a few winners to cheer home tonight. Absolutely. We're probably going to uh, miss Geelong in a couple of minutes because they are running a little bit late, and we've got about a minute and a half left in the program, James. So to reiterate, James... Come on, Johnny, get them in the boxes, mate. Yes. Get them in the boxes. Get them in the boxes because this is the winner. This is the one we've been waiting for, the seven same race Moldy with the one to run top three. All right, they are. Can we finish the show with a winner, Johnny? I reckon they are boxing them pretty quickly, so if they can get them in now, here we go. All right, we might be able to get back uh, for this, but let's take it now. All set now. 
Uh, racing, passed it on out wide, was one of the slowest to begin, but mustering up now as Avery Charm went to the lead, passed it on quickly alongside, goes up and joins the front now, Sophie was a gap away, then Potato Sunrise, St Phoenix checked out of it, Avery Charm and Valerie Elegant, they come to the bend, Vertigo Bond over on the inside, passed it on, getting on terms, went to a narrow lead and passed it on, draws away, wins over Vertigo Bond. Bang, Jimmy Vandermark. Well played, James. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for tonight, mate. Well done. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. Nice to finish with a little same racer there and happy punning tonight down at Warrigal. Hope we find plenty of winners. Good man, James Vandermark joining us. Nice finish to proceedings there from him. John Donahoe's my name. It's been a pleasure to be with you all afternoon. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Trackside, we've got Toby McKinnon on Trot's Life. Don't miss Miles Fitzner on Bensley. And then uh, myself and Mitch Bale will be back to do it all again from five. Bye for now. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.